0: Beautiful wife, Pastor Brenda, as she comes to preach, I believe, her 31st Mother's Day message here at Heart of the Bay. And, uh, you know, I got to thinking about her and the goodness of God to me last night as I was, you know, preparing to write some things on a card. And this scripture came to me in Proverbs. It says that her children rise up and call her blessed her husband also and he praises her now of course you know we have two sons john and james and of course their wives lindy and esther and our beautiful granddaughter olivia and they surely rise up and call her blessed and i as a husband know the blessing of god that he has blessed me with throughout all these wonderful wonderful years of marriage But you represent her spiritual children she's a spiritual mom of this church and she lives her life in a godly way she lives her life she she doesn't just preach she lives what she preaches and she prays out what she preaches and i think that's one of the most significant things about her ministry not only the attributes of joy and a wonderful sense of humor but really when she prepares, she's praying, and she's got the mind of the Lord, and she has you in her heart. So we're standing on our feet today, so let's just thank God for Pastor Brenda, and let's call her blessed as she comes. Hallelujah. Brenda, come on.
1: <laughs> I think I'll just stay down here. <laughs> thank you. Praise the Lord. Thank you so very much. Can you all see me if I stay down here? Well, hopefully in the back. If if that's a problem, I'll go up, go up top. Y'all can be, can be seated. Can y'all see me still while you're se- seated? Praise God. i like it to be down here if I can for this service, but uh, I don't like introductions on Mother's Day because it gets me all, oh. <laughs> but anyhow, so glad to be here and uh, so glad that all of you are here. And of course, we are honoring moms today, but I do believe that have a message from the Lord that will speak to everyone's heart. I'm going to title this today that you are highly favored. So whether you're a mom, a dad, or a woman, a man, everybody in here falls in that category. Whatever your stage of life, whatever you are, wherever you're at in life, we all can claim the favor of God. Amen? Amen. But in speaking to moms, I do realize that there's many mothers here today and and that are at different stages of being a mom. Some have just began their journey. Others uh, are in the teenager stage. God be with you. (laughs) Then there's others that are still, <coughs> that are in the stage that Pastor Mark and I are in. You have grown children that are no longer living at home. They're they're out on their own or almost out on their own. You may still be having to help them financially a little bit, but they're not in your house. You know what I'm saying? And then there are those that are also in this stage of being grandparents. And, I, you know, I love being a mom. Being mom was great. I loved raising our two sons, but I have discovered why they call grandparent grand, grandparent. Being a mom was great, but being a grandparent really is grand, and uh, I love so much being in that stage and in that role. When Livy, she just turned five in April, and uh, we were down there for her birthday party, and uh, pastor I had to come home and do the service but I stayed a few extra days and one day we we're just um, in the kitchen we'd been making cookies and just playing doing all sorts of stuff all day long while mom and dad were at work and she's so funny she looked at me and she said Grammy you're going to have to go home now and I was like <laughs> and I just kind of looked at her funny and she says because we're having way too much fun and then just started laughing <laughs> So, I mean, kids come up with funny things, don't they? So, to begin this message today, I thought I would pass on some funny quotes that I recently heard, too. When my kids become wild and unruly, I use a nice, safe playpen. When they're finished, I climb out. (laughs) And then I like this one. If your kids are giving you a headache, follow the directions on the aspirin bottle. Especially the part that says, keep away from children. (laughs) So just some funny thoughts as we're beginning today. And of course, that's really not an option. If you're a parent, you can't on a daily basis just run and hide from your kids. They will find you. So that doesn't work. So what do you say instead of hiding from our kids... How about we believe God to give us the wisdom, the insight, the grace, the strength, the understanding to be a godly parent and to deal wisely in all the affairs of life. Can anybody tap into that today? Well today I want to look at a beautiful example of a woman of God who tapped in to that grace for her race. I do know that it is Mother's Day and not Christmas, but I want to talk about Mary, the mother of Jesus. There's nothing in the Bible that says we can only talk about her on Christmas because she had some beautiful attributes that we can apply to our life on a daily basis. Let's begin today by looking over at Luke chapter 1, verse 26 through verse 28. And I'll be reading most of my scriptures today out of the New King James and the Amplified. This one out of the New King James. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to the city of Galilee named Nazareth. To a virgin betrothed betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice! highly favored one everybody say that part with me rejoice highly favored one let's read the rest of it together the lord is with you blessed are you among women wow highly favored blessed Are you among women? The Lord is with you. I think we could all derive some encouragement just from that passage of Scripture. Jesus is saying the same thing to us. You're highly favored. You're blessed of the Lord. And I am with you. Praise the Lord. He's with us. Whatever you're going through, whatever he asks you to do, the Lord is with us. We are not alone. But today we want to just break this down a little bit. What do you think it means to be chosen to be? Why do you think she was chosen to be the mother of the Lord? Do you think it, it was uh, some of the characteristics? Let's think about it. Why did he say that she was highly favored? Was it because she came From a royal family? No. No. Was it because she lived in a palace? Was it because she was extremely wealthy or highly educated? The answer to all of those is no. Was it because God looked down from heaven and he said, Oh, she attended all of those classes on how to raise a Messiah. So we'll pick her. No, that was not The reason that she was chosen to be the mother of our Lord Jesus Christ. She was an unusual and unlikely candidate. She was a little teenage girl from a sleepy little town called Nazareth. But what was it that God saw in her that he said, I'm going to entrust her to raise my beloved son? Well, one of the things that he saw in her was that she believed his word. That she had an unwavering faith and confidence that she knew who God was and she knew that God would be with her in anything that he asked her to do. You'll remember after the announcement that Gabriel came and told her that she was going to conceive and bear a son and to call his name Jesus Look over there again in Luke chapter 1 this time in verse 38. <clears throat> then Mary said, "Behold the handmaid, made servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to thy word." And the angel departed from her. You do realize how much faith it took for her to say, "Be it unto me according to thy word we haven't been asked to raise the son of god but every one of you that are a parent god has asked you to raise a godly son or a godly daughter For him, he has entrusted into your family that life that can be molded and shaped and bring glory to God. And those of you who may not be natural parents, there are people and there are ones in the younger generation that God will put into your life and into your pathway. Perhaps a niece or a nephew, a foster child, perhaps a spiritual son or daughter. Just because you maybe did not give birth to a child doesn't mean that God won't use you to be a mighty mentor in the life of someone younger than you, someone that He puts into your life. God entrusts every one of us with this wonderful opportunity to influence and to impact the next generation. Perhaps you're in a situation right now that you are are raising maybe a child that came into your family out of wedlock. Perhaps you're a grandparent and you're now having to raise a grandson or a granddaughter because their parents are not in the picture. The father is not around. But I want to say to you today, God's grace is still there whatever situation and circumstance you find yourself in. Just think about the birth of Jesus. Think about Mary conceiving supernaturally. The circumstances surrounding her pregnancy were not ideal. It was a scandal of that day for her to be pregnant and not to be married. It was such a big deal that Joseph was about to put her away and not even follow through on becoming her husband. He would not have married her had he not had a supernatural visitation. So this birth, this pregnancy in that day, it was not an ideal situation. And I know that many of you here today, you're raising kids by yourself. The father's not in the picture. You're raising a relative's child. It's like, wow, why am I in this situation? But I want to encourage you today. There are no oops in the kingdom of God. There are no accidents Whatever your parents may have told you. You know, maybe you were number 12 or something. Or number 8. And they said, you were an oops. You were an accident. But in God's eyes, you weren't. And in God's eyes, neither is that child that's been entrusted into your care. God has a plan for their life. And he will help you to nurture that gift and that calling on the inside of them that they can step into God's purpose if we'll just look at it from His perspective. There are no accidents. There are no oops. Now following out a little bit further here, the story of Jesus coming into the life of Mary and Joseph. Do you remember the account when He was 12 years old and they had gone to Jerusalem for a feast and and they had left And they didn't find him in in the caravan, so they go back to Jerusalem. For three days, he was missing. And at age 12, they find him in the temple discussing the scriptures with the scribes and the Pharisees of that day, astounding them with his questions and with his wisdom. And when they ask him, Mary and Joseph, when they find him, they're like, Why did you do this? And his reply was, I have to be about my father's business. And the Bible says that that response, that Mary pondered these things in her heart. As a matter of fact, that's found in Luke chapter 2, verse 51 and 52. So why don't we read that passage of Scripture out of the Amplified Version. Luke chapter 2, verse 51 and 52. And he went down with them. This is after they found him and they have to go back. He went down with them and came to Nazareth, and he was habitually obedient to them. And his mother kept and closely and persistently guarded all these things in her heart. The King James says she pondered them. She hid them in her heart. She knew that she was raising a special child. You think you might have a kid with special needs. Wow, Jesus was a special Son for her to raise. And then it says, And Jesus increased in wisdom, in broad and full understanding, in stature, and in years, and in favor with God and man. I love that phrase. It says, Jesus increased in wisdom. He had to grow and he had to develop into his calling. The Bible doesn't have a whole lot to say about the younger years of Jesus' growth and development. But I know for sure, because I'm a mom, I know for sure that Mary had a lot to do with the man of God that he became. It wasn't by accident that he was able to grow in this wisdom. And it also said, and he had... Favor with God and man. When I read that yesterday, it just popped off of the page at me because it reminded me that the angel said to Mary, Gabriel said to Mary, highly favored one. That same favor and grace that was on her, she was able to transfer over to Jesus. And he received that. It was working in his life. She guarded. She nurtured the things that she knew God was going to do in him. She loved him just like any other mother loves their child. Mary wasn't an unusual mother. She was a normal mother. Jesus had other siblings. I can just hear Mary saying to him, stop teasing your sister. Jesus, go clean your room. Jesus, go sweep out the stable. Take out the trash. Or I love this one. Jesus, go study the Torah. Is that how you say it, the Torah. Go study the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, and see if you can find yourself in there. <laughs> I believe that could have been the original. Where is Waldo? She had him playing. Where is Jesus? See if you can find yourself in the Scriptures. Mary was just being a mom. But it caused Jesus to grow and develop into who God wanted Him to be. Parents, it's not the huge, giant things that we do that change and impact and influence our kids, our families, for everyone else, your co-workers, your relatives. God can take what we view as small and insignificant and use that to mold and to shape a person's life. Mary and Joseph, they were consistent in what they did to raise Jesus. They were consistent in teaching and training Him the ways of the Word of God. The Bible tells us as he got older that he went down to the temple as was his custom. How come that was his custom to go to the temple? Because his parents took him to the temple on a regular basis. They trained him from the time he was a small child to honor God and to go to the house of God On a regular basis. That's not insignificant. That's not a small thing. To instill into your family. That we love God with all of our hearts. And when it's time to go to church. We're going to go to church. And we're going to give God glory. And we're going to give God honor. And we're going to give God praise. Listen to what the word consistent means. Steadfast adherence to the same principles. What you think might be mundane and routine, it can change and impact a person's life. Your daily words of love and encouragement. You're molding, uh, modeling a Christian life before them can speak more than a sermon can. I'm all for good sermons. I like it to come to church and to hear a good sermon. But folks, our lives truly are the only Bible that some people will ever read. Don't minimize just being a good Christian example before people. Live your life in such a way that brings glory and honor to Him. I heard this quote. I thought it was great. People often talk about the younger generation as if they didn't have anything to do with it. What's wrong with that younger generation? They're this, they're that. Well, hello. Where did they learn this and that? Could it be that the younger generation is a reflection of some things in us? That we didn't live right before them. That we didn't teach them in a way that they should be taught. Don't talk about your kids like you didn't have anything to do with them. Could be a reflection of us. Lots of times our kids are like staring in the mirror. Teach them, train them, be consistent in living a godly life before them. I always think about my parents, my mom on Mother's Day, and she's been in heaven since 1976. That's a long time. But I still have images branded on the inside of me of my father. He's been in heaven since 1986. But I have images of him, the small things that they did every day. I have images of my dad in our little country church, leading worship, clapping those gigantic hands, (laughs) praising God, lifting those hands to honor him. Thank God I don't have memories of that hand slapping me across the face. I have an image and memories of those hands being lifted to worship God. And on the inside of me, I still see it. I see my mom sitting in her favorite little chair, opening her Bible, reading her Bible every day. She raised five kids on a farm. You think you've got a busy schedule. That's busy on a farm. Cows don't take Sunday off. Chickens don't lay eggs. They don't stop laying eggs just because it's Sunday. You've got to work every day of the week. She'd take her Bible, read it, every day and gently pray firmly boldly pray over every one of us I can relate to this quote from Abraham Lincoln I remember my mother's prayers and they have always followed me they have clung to me all of my life don't minimize the power a prayer. Those prayers will cling to your kids. Some of you are sitting here today. Janet, I see you back there. Your mom was a praying mom. You, your sisters are serving God today because their mother was faithful to pray, faithful to bring them to church. I was thinking about this and I always get emotional, but you know what? It's from the heart. But my mom, when she was sick, I was her main caretaker. I was 21 years old. Went home to take care of her. And, you know, it it wasn't an easy time. But I still remember this. I was talking to her one time. I was at the ripe old age of 21. My sisters all married. Beverly married when she was like 19. Linda married when she was 20. So I'm thinking... What's wrong with me? I'm 21. (laughs) Not married. And I remember her talking to me one day out of her heart. And I still remember these words. She said, honey, don't settle for second best. God's got a call on your life. He's going to bring the right person into your life. Don't settle for second best. Seven months after my mom went to heaven, I met the man of my dreams. I met the man of God that he had planned for my life. God's highest and greatest. And I know on the day that we were married, July twenty second, 1977, in the little church that I grew up in, in Skeety, Oklahoma, I know that my mother was looking over the banisters of heaven and she was saying, Yay! You got the right one! Yay! You didn't settle for second best. You found the right one. Just because some of your grandparents and your parents have moved to heaven does not mean that their prayers are not still clinging to you. Prayers have no expiration date. They will cling to your seed forever. The tears that many of your parents and grandparents prayed over their seed, they're stored in vials in heaven. And God honors those prayers. Hallelujah. And they will come to pass. My sisters and I were talking one day and about all of our kids. I lose track. There's just way too many kids and grandkids now. That's Ricky's fault. They got like six kids and a million grandkids. But they were calculating just the direct descendants from our parents. And it was like 50-some with all the grandkids and everything. And every single one of their kids Every single grandchild is serving the Lord. Woo! Prayers work. Bringing your kids up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord works. The Bible says in Proverbs 22, verse 6, Train up a child. In the way that he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Some of you right now are standing on that scripture, you're standing on that word today for your grown children, your teenagers that maybe have gone astray. I want to encourage you today, don't let go of your faith. You did your best in raising them. Maybe you weren't even born again, but your prayers right now are clinging to them. They are your seed, and the seed of the blessed will be mighty upon the earth. Not one of your seed We'll be lost if you'll stand in faith and believe God and pray, pray the prayer of faith. Pastor mentioned in the beginning, of course, many of you know it, we have two grown sons. John's about to turn 35. James just turned 32. We didn't really have any extreme challenges with John. He's just a normal kid, normal teenager. Loved God. But then there was James. Isn't that amazing how you can raise two kids the same way in the same house? And for whatever reason, James had some challenges, let's just say. Issues. James had some issues. There was an assignment against his very life. He made a lot of wrong choices. And as a result of those wrong choices, I mean, it was like one attack after another. Without the prayers of the saints, I don't believe he would have lived through his teenage years. But God's mercy and God's grace. Yeah. Your kids, maybe they can run, but they can't hide from God's presence. Yeah. And from the prayers of mama, they are clinging to them. Hallelujah. Can't get away from it. Right. I am so happy To report today that James is serving God with all of his heart. He has been for many years. Hallelujah. The test is over. Glory to God. We're enjoying the fruit now of standing in faith. I give all the glory to God and to his wonderful wife, Esther. He who finds a good A wife finds a good thing. And again, you know, I might get emotional, but this, I just want to read this just to show you. A few years ago, there was no way I would have ever gotten a card like this from James. Absolutely no way. But I got this in the mail. (laughs) I think I can. Esther said some really cool things, but this is to, not to glorify me, but it is to let you all be encouraged. If you're in that time right now of standing, the front of it says, Moms bring life into the world, love into a home, and joy into our hearts. I won't read what Esther said, but this is what James said. Keep in mind, a few years ago, he'd hardly call us. He didn't want anything to do with us really, with me particularly. I don't know. He was just angry and upset with me. The devil... We'll do that. He'll try to put a wedge in your relationships. But God, everybody say, but God. God. Mom, I could say a lot of things about you because you are such a wonderful mom. I have seen and continue to see the wonderful, powerful, beautiful love of God displayed in your life and through you, especially toward me. I literally couldn't deserve... A better mom to have. You are a God. You are good. I'm sorry, y'all. Did you bring your Kleenex? You are a good and perfect gift from above. Thank you for being such a great example to me. I love you with all of my heart. Happy Mother's Day to the joy lady from Hayward. <laughs> Amen. God is faithful. Full, Amen? God will do exceedingly, abundantly, above if you hold on to Him and stand in faith. Now, in the last few moments that we have together, we started out talking about that Mary was highly favored of the Lord. I submit to you, so are you. You are extremely, very much favored of the Lord. Psalms, chapter 5, verse 12 says, For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous with favor. You will surround him as with a shield. Are you a believer? We asked for visitors today. We didn't have any first-time guests, so I'm assuming. How many of you in here are believers? You love God with all of your heart. Then that means that you are the righteousness of God. And it... That Favor is the birthright of every believer. Let me give you some definitions of favor. I love these. To support, to endorse, to assist, to make easier. That's a good one. To provide with advantages and to show special privileges. We have heavenly support. We have been given divine assistance. One of the things that we have as born-again believers, we have a heavenly helper called the Holy Spirit. He's been sent to be our comforter, to be our counselor, to be our strengthener, to be our intercessor. And then it also said the definition of favor is to endorse. Jesus endorses you so much that he has given you the privilege, the right, and the honor to use his name. That's, awesome. that's endorsement. Yeah. You know, if somebody says to you, take my credit card, go over there and buy whatever you want, that, they're highly endorsing you. That's favor. And that's what Jesus has done. He's endorsed us. To use his name to receive whatever we need. The enemy may be telling some of you in here today that he has the advantage over you. That he has a stronghold in your life or in the lives of your relatives. Your response ought to be, I don't think so. I am highly favored of the Lord. And when I'm highly favored of the Lord, that means I am at an advantage. The favor of the Lord is like a force field around you. Probably some of you saw those old Star Wars movies. And remember, I don't know which one of the characters was when they discovered Luke. And they said, the force is strong with young Jedi. Well, that's what the devil ought to sense when he comes upon you and tries to penetrate and bring bad things into your life. He ought to back up and say, Whoa, the force of favor is strong upon this believer. I'm going to go somewhere else. The enemy will not triumph over us when we know we are surrounded with the favor of God. Listen to this awesome scripture. Psalms 41, verse 11 in the Amplified. It says, By this I know that you favor and delight in me. Isn't this awesome? Because my enemy does not triumph over me. Woo! Hallelujah! Our enemy has no right to triumph over us for over our offspring no weapon formed against us will prosper because we are the favorite of the king of kings and the lord of lords he's surrounding us with favor all we have to do is to activate that favor activate it with your faith activate it with your words speak it on a regular basis i am Favor, the favor of the Lord is on me. The favor of the Lord is behind me. The favor of the Lord is around me. The favor of the Lord is on the top of my head. Hallelujah. Nothing that the enemy tries to do to me will prosper. I don't know what the enemy is that you may be facing today. Perhaps it's a situation, a symptom a diagnosis perhaps it's a loss of a job and you're dealing with financial pressure but you can rise up today and say the favor of the Lord is on me and that means my enemies will not triumph over me I am the head and not the tell. The favor of God is fighting for me. It's doing things for me that I cannot do for myself. Hallelujah. One of the definitions was special privileges. Another one in the old Webster's Dictionary is an advantage for success. Favor makes a difference. It gives you the advantage. It means you are preferred and you are noticed. The favor of God will cause you to walk around with your head lifted up, confident, secure in the fact that if God be for me, who can be against me? It will cause you to lift your head up, Put your shoulders back and say, I'm a child of the king. I'm neither superior, but I'm certainly not inferior to anyone. He loves me just as much as he loves anybody else. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, you are my shield. You are the glory. You are the lifter up of my head. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is a good one. Psalms 89, 17, again in the Amplified. For you are the glory of their strength, their proud adornment, and by your favor, our horn is exalted. We walk with lifted, uplifted faces. Glory to God. Some of you need to hear this today. Stop walking around with your head down feeling defeated, acting like you are the least of the least. Stop putting into your kids failure consciousness. Stop telling them, well, you know, our family's never accomplished much. We've never been been able to be in this profession or that profession. You are a child of the king. Lift up your eyes. Lift up your head and realize I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. He infuses me with inner strength and inner ability. You got to get it settled on the inside of you so you can transfer it and impact. Your seed and generations to come. That's one thing my parents were not educated people. They were farmers, but they put on the inside of us. You can do anything that God calls you to do. You are not under. You are the head. He's raised you up. Christ's ability in you will cause you to soar. Christ's ability in you will cause you to step into your purpose, step into His plan for His life. That doesn't just happen. My parents maybe didn't tell me all these scriptures on favor, but they lived it. And they told all of us that we could do what God called us to do. We weren't... Nobody was depressed, walking around defeated. We didn't have money. We didn't have new cars. We didn't have a beautiful home. But we had confidence in God's ability on the inside of us. And that favor is being transferred to my seed. Hallelujah. Esther told me one of the last times I talked to her, she's like, I can't believe the favor on James. Everywhere he goes, everything he does is just tangible favor. Amen, amen. The boys used to laugh at me because I always said I had parking favor. And now they're walking in it. Glory to God. The favor on us transferred to our seat hallelujah glory to god glory to god hallelujah thank you lord thank you lord that's enough hallelujah thank you lord for your favor everybody stand hallelujah